New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. Live from a secure concrete bunker somewhere in Ohio, New Thought Media Network presents Pastor Michael Mangus with Friday's Fireside Chat, spiritual conversation for today. Here he is from the secret radio room, surrounded by thousands of watts, Pastor Michael Mangus. Well, good evening to you across the nation of the United States of America and around the world. You are watching the New Thought Media Network and the Friday evening Fireside Chat with Pastor Michael Mangus. Good to have you aboard. We have a wonderful show for you this evening. So please feel free to interact with us by posting your comments below on Facebook. And if you're feeling shy, I know some of you are, <laughs> please feel free to contact me at pastormichaelmangus at gmail.com. Now, during the show, I'm not able to go ahead and to take a look at the emails, but I read them later. All right. The purpose of our fireside chat here is for us to talk about contemporary issues from a new thought perspective. And as I said a couple of weeks ago, I want us all to have a new thought about what is going on around us, not only here in the United States, but also globally. So once again, the legal department <laughs> at the New Thought Media Network wants me to read this. The views and opinions expressed by the host and his guest are generally right. However, they do not represent the views and opinions of the New Thought Media Network, Centers for Spiritual Living, or anyone else living or dead. As they say in the 12-step recovery program, please take what you like and leave the rest. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> The show is not meant to be controversial, but it is meant for us to have those loving talks that I think we need to have right now. We have a wonderful guest in the green room this evening from the United Kingdom. We have the host of Cosmic Prayer, practitioner, ministerial student, and all-around nice person, Laura Topper, will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. Yesterday was the U.S. holiday of Thanksgiving. Today is named Black Friday. For those of you who are not in the United States, it is the official start of the Christmas holiday shopping season. It's named Black Friday, not because it's bleak, but because this is the day that retailers usually start making money. Uh, they see black instead of red on the, their bottom lines and on their accounting spreadsheets. I hope you had a really nice holiday here in the States. I spent a very quiet day with my brother and girlfriend at their home. Very nice dinner, very nice time. In the news, COVID-19 has changed. how uh, We will celebrate holidays this year in the U.S. and also around the world. From the center's for disease control as of 1 p.m. today, Eastern. Total number of cases is 12,823,092. New cases, 142,739. And the total number of deaths, 
here in the United States, 262,673. So like I said in previous weeks here, I read the numbers not to make us feel bad, but to make us aware of what's going on. That's my reason. And for us to have love and compassion, that 262,000 people were not at the Thanksgiving table this year with their loved ones. So what you need to know about COVID-19, this is from CNN. Thanksgiving Day marked the 24th consecutive day. The U.S. reported more than 100,000 new coronavirus cases. The United States FDA, that's Food and Drug Administration, intends to make a decision about authorizing uh, Pfizer and also BioNTech and their coronavirus vaccine within a few weeks of a key meeting scheduled for December 10th. There's already plans, I know, here in Ohio and also other states to start a rollout of the vaccine as early as the end of December. Germany this week topped 100 million COVID-19 cases, becoming the sixth country in the European region to do so. Also from CNN, CDC advisors to vote next week on who gets the coronavirus first. Advisors to the CDC will vote on Tuesday on the very first people to get a coronavirus vaccine once one gets emergency authorization. The CDC Advisory Committee has scheduled an emergency meeting for Tuesday to discuss allocations of the COVID-19 vaccine, according to a document obtained by CNN. Members of the committee will discuss who should be in the first group and clinical consideration for the rest of the groups. Draft recommendations have suggested that healthcare workers should be in the 1A vaccine allocation group. Other possible members of the group, people most likely to catch, spread, and or develop sincere, uh, severe diseases from the virus, such as nursing home residents. The advisors will also discuss how to monitor safely after the allocation of the vaccine, according to the document. So there is movement as far as that goes. Again, uh, the only concern on your Sterling's on as far as with the Pfizer vaccine is again, it has to be kept at sub-zero temperatures. So the state, I know here in Ohio, where we are broadcasting from, is getting ready to go ahead and to roll out a vaccine as soon as possible. And again, the first in line will be the front-end workers. Still, the most spiritual, the most loving thing you can do, please, do the four W's. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Watch your distance. And crack open a window to make sure that there's enough airflow circulation. What would love do in this situation? And again, Laura Topper, our guest this evening, says, uh, I don't want to talk about anything political. Well, I don't blame her. <laughs> I really don't either. Unfortunately, people in this country, in the United States, have made this a political issue. This is not about politics. This is about saving lives. So let's talk about, in a 5-4 ruling this week, the Supreme Court sided with religious organizations in a dispute over COVID-19 restrictions put in place by New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Did I pronounce him right? It's, it's Cuomo. It's Andrew Cuomo, limiting the number of people attending religious services. This is an opinion piece that was in CNN this week. 
The expert that they have is Jeffrey Sachs, who is a professor and director of the Center for Sustainable Development at Columbia University, an esteemed lawyer. The reason I'm going through this is because, first of all, there's a lot of things that were not explained in the news about this 5-4 decision. I thought that Mr. Sachs went ahead and did a very nice commentary. So I'm just going to read it here. He said, last month I wrote that Amy Coney Barrett would help usher in a new post-truth jurisprudence on the Supreme Court. When I had cited her anti-science statements on climate change, her arrival on the court has created a new 5-4 majority against public health science at the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. When it ruled this week against the New York State decision to limit religious gatherings in a few high-incident parts of New York City, the court proved the dangers of scientifically illiterate judges overturning government decisions that were based on scientific evidence. The immediate effect on New York City is moot because the state has already lifted the particular order under review. So what had happened is that they limited the number of people in buildings to 10 rather than 25. The grave intimate danger, Jeffrey Sachs wrote, lies in the rest of the country where public health authorities will feel hamstrung to restrict religious gatherings even when the virus is spreading out of control. The two cases under review were brought by two religious bodies, Roman Catholic Diocese of Brooklyn and a, I'm going to try to pronounce it, Aguthat Israel of America, which is an Orthodox Jewish group. Both groups objected to stringent limits on religious gatherings in particularly hard-hit neighborhoods in Brooklyn. The court's five conservative justices, a new majority with Barrett now on the bench, argued that the state's limits on religious gatherings violated the minimum requirements of neutrality to religion under the First Amendment. So the reason I'm going through this is because, again, to give you the opportunity to start thinking about the ramifications that this may be to your community coming up. Going on in Jeffrey Sachs' article, it says, the court majority characterized the violation of neutrality in this way. In a red zone, while a synagogue or church may not admit more than 10 persons, businesses categorized as essential may admit as many persons as they wish. The list of essential businesses include many things such as acupuncture facilities, campgrounds, garages, as well as many services that are not limited to those that can be regarded as essential such as all plants, manufacturing chemicals, and microelectronics, and all transportation facilities. In his concurring opinion, Judge Neil Gorsuch wrote this. So at least to the governor, it may be unsafe to go to church, but it is always fine to pick up another bottle of wine, shop for a new bike, or spend the afternoon exploring your Points and meridians. Could you put that uh, back up again, Diego? So this is, uh, I think there's definitely uses of the virus to control us, especially religious people. CNN is not an honest media. There's an actual book that tells it. it's called COVID-19 and the Great Reset. Uh, thank you very much uh, for your opinion this evening. However, I'm going to lovingly say it's not based on science. Opinions like that are not based on the current science. I'll go on here. It says, who knew public health would so perfectly align with secular convenience? So again, uh, Judge, I'm not going to read through the whole article, but it says, Justice Brett Kavanaugh argued, he said that the state argued that it is not impermissibly discriminate against religion because some secular businesses, such as movie theaters, must remain closed and thus treated less favorably than houses of worship. But under this court precedent, it does not suffice for a state to point out, as compared to houses of worship, that some secular businesses are subject to 
similarly severe or even more severe restrictions. Again, it goes on to explain that the, from the conservative viewpoint, that they're saying that it is a violation of constitutional rights, whereas the majority, the other so-called uh, liberal side of the court, says this. It says that, again, that we have a health and safety issue that we have to deal with and we're not going with the science. In a recent study by Stanford University researchers that, that was published in Nature magazine made the same point regarding the highest risk of viral transmission. On average across metro areas, full-service restaurants, gyms, hotels, cafes, and religious organizations, and limit-service restaurants produce the highest, largest predicted increases in infections when reopened. And it ends by saying, it says, what is especially disappointing in the Supreme Court decision is that the lower courts have made correct points very clearly in a decision that was brazenly overlooked by the majority decision. The federal district court has noted that, among other problematic features of religious gatherings, congregants arrive and leave at the same time. They physically greet one another. They sit or stand close together. They share or pass objects or sing and chant in a way that allows for airborne transmission of the virus. There were several cases of this earlier in March and April where the choirs met just for practice. And unfortunately, then several people from the rehearsal got sick and or died. Finally, Jeffrey Sachs wrote to says, our religious faith are the great teachers of the supreme value of human life, and they can be great healers for those in mental distress during the pandemic. The message to the American people must be a united one with the nation's faith leaders, public health specialists, the politicians, and yes, Supreme Court justices using scientific knowledge combined with compassion to end the pandemic with maximum speed and the least for the suffering and the loss of life. I spent time with this tonight because it does affect all of us who love to attend public worship or faith-based gatherings. It was really hard for me this year to do my Easter message from a studio. The Centers for Spiritual Living have advised all of, the, of its communities to follow the science and also to adhere to the warnings given by the government and health officials. The Constitution in our country has certain freedoms. However, there are some limits. For example, the freedom of speech does not allow you to shout fire in a crowded movie theater. So let's all pray for divine right action and wholeness on all levels, please. We can all meet online for right now. Huh? There are creative solutions that will keep us all safe. So my pastoral counsel is this. Keep calm and carry on. We need to do the things highly suggested so that we all stay alive. Now, let's get back to the comment earlier. The Lady Urgemon says that again, that they believe that CNN is biased. That's fine. However, it is the most one of the most accurate news sources that I can find. So that's why I quote them. However, we still need to follow the science here. The reason that we have so many ill people, so many dead people, is because, again, that we've made an issue out of politicizing this rather than saying this is a health and safety issue and the most loving thing that we all can do is to be safe and healthy. I know 2020 has been extremely challenging. However, like I said last week, we can make the choice here to either be blessed or burned. It's our choice. 
And where do we make that choice? Hmm. It's within our own minds. It's within our own thinking. That's what makes a huge difference here. It's how we think about it afterwards that will affect our lives either either beneficially or to our detriment. Now, one more thing I'd like to bring up. Now is the time for all of my colleagues, my ministerial colleagues, all of my practitioner colleagues, we need to start having a plan for what we are going to do after all of this. And one of the plans is to continue on with the New Thought Media Network. But we need to start thinking about visioning, using one of our spiritual practices found in Centers for Spiritual Living, to start visioning how we can be of best service out of this. All right? Well, if you've wondered what you've stumbled onto this evening, welcome. <laughs> this is the Friday Evening Fireside Chat here on the New Thought Media Network. I am its humble host, Pastor Michael Mangus, broadcasting from a super-secret facility somewhere here in Akron, Ohio. We cannot tell you where I'm at. Now, Diego knows. <laughs> we may even tell Laura Topper. But everybody else, shh, Reverend Robert doesn't even know where I'm at. <laughs> One of the articles that I found this week, and I found similar, is how to cope when you're alone on Thanksgiving. This is from verywellmind.com. It was written by Arlen Kunzik, but it was reviewed by a PhD psychiatrist. And it says this, and again, I'll just highlight some of the points here. Being alone on Thanksgiving can feel challenging. This holiday is a time of year that many people spend in the company of family and friends. Due to stay-at-home orders, as well as growing COVID cases around the country, you may find yourself spending Thanksgiving alone. You may even find yourself alone at this time of year if you live with social anxiety disorder or SAD. Perhaps you turn down invitations to gather because of your anxiety or maybe because your relatives live out of town. Whatever the reason for being alone, there are ways that you can feel less lonely. How to cope with being alone. In general, there's three ways. You can do it from the article. It says, accept that you are alone and make the most of your time. I know that's hard. The second one is find people to FaceTime or Zoom with so that you don't feel so lonely. And then spend the holiday making plans on how you will spend Thanksgiving next year. From all that I've read, all that I've researched, again, we're looking at, even with having the vaccine out and even having a safe herd immunity, that we are looking at probably wearing masks into 2022. And again, all the science has said this over and over and over and over again. And what is shown to be true has been the science here. I'm not saying that there's not some of us who are long-time, long-term metaphysicians, who are adepts and who can overcome disease that way with, through our minds. But we, I wear a mask for everyone else, and everyone else wears a mask for me. So some points here. Number one, accept being alone. Accepting of being alone doesn't mean that staying home and feeling lonely. There are many things you can do on Thanksgiving that put you in the company of people 
or connect you with people while you're still alone. You can write letters. Gosh, when's the last time you wrote a letter besides an email? Huh? Take the time to write letters or emails to family and friends. How about thank you cards? Huh? When's the last time you've done that? Connect with people whom you might not normally connect and plan for possibly reconnecting and not being alone on Thanksgiving next year. You can even try writing a letter to yourself. Plan on opening it next year to see how you were thinking and feeling and observe what changes that you have made and how things have improved. Be productive. Make it a productive day. Get your house organized. I know. <laughs> More housework, right? But clean out the closets, get the paperwork in order, make to-do lists, and generally get control of the little details in your life. You will end the day with a feeling of accomplishment and the ability to focus on your relationships with others because your life is manageable. Get outdoors safely. That's one of the recommendations. Go take a walk. Also, it says here, also finding companions. Even if you're alone on Thanksgiving, that doesn't mean that you can't reach out to others. The best way to do this is often is to put others' needs ahead of your own. Who else might be lonely this time of year? Who else is wishing that they had a companion? When you can answer those questions, you will have found a way to ease your own loneliness. Volunteering is a good thing to do. Also getting in touch with others who are alone and also plan for the future. You may read more about that at verywellmind.com. There they have peer-reviewed articles and research about mental health excellent source. So again, please go ahead and to take advantage of that. Another way is this, reach out to your community, reach out to us here at New Thought Media Network. We're here for you. We have a wonderful prayer team. We would love to connect with you. So please do that again, or the World Ministry of Prayer through Centers for Spiritual Living information is online. Understand that you may feel lonely. As I have felt this weekend. However, you are not alone. You're not alone. We are all here to love you and to support you. All right? Again, thank you for joining us this evening. This is the... Friday evening fireside chat here on the New Thought Media Network. I am Pastor Michael Mangus, and we're so glad to have you with us in about five minutes. We will have on from the United Kingdom, the very talented and beautiful practitioner and ministerial student, Laura Topper, will be with us here in just a few moments. But first, I have to read this article. Reverend Robert's always on me saying, you know, Michael, you know, you have to give some public service announcements during your show. Okay, this is it. From CNN again. Canadians and everyone else, officials have an important message for you. Do not let moose lick your car. Yes, that's right. Officials in Jasper, an alpine town in Canada's Alberta province, have put up signs asking motorists to avoid allowing moose to lick the salt, a treat moose find hard to resist, off of their cars. Jasper National Park spokesman Stephen Young told CNN, he says, they're obsessed with salt it's one of those things that they need for the minerals in their bodies. However, they usually get it from the salt lakes in the park, but now they've realized that they can get road salt now that splashes onto cars. At Jasper National Park, where people often park on the side of the road in hopes to catch a glimmer of a moose, letting the animals near your car is actually a serious danger. 
by allowing moose to lick the salt off of your car, they will get used to being around cars. And that poses a risk to both the animals and the drivers who can accidentally crash into them. Young said this, he says, moose and cars are not a good mix. I concur. <laughs> if don't, and don't do this at home. Dude, okay, if you hit a moose with your car, you take the legs out from under it and it's going through your windshield. Wow. The best way to stop a moose from coming close to your car is simply driving away when you see them approaching, Young added. Another important warning, Young and other officials continue to emphasize is the importance of staying inside your car and avoiding any interactions with wildlife, including moose. While other animals typically run away when humans approach, moose will stand their ground and charge if they feel threatened. Now, if you go ahead and violate this, visitors are not allowed to feed, entice, or disturb wildlife in national parks or violators could face up to fines to $25,000. So there goes your Christmas money. So don't let moose lick the salt off of your cars. That's a public service message from all of us here at the New Thought Media Network. <laughs> all right, for some announcements here, and then we'll get to our special guest here. Yours truly is parking himself currently at the Summit CSL. For more information, please go to the summitcsl.org. That website will give you more information about our wonderful Sunday gatherings at 1030 Eastern. That's 730 a.m. Western time, Pacific time. Grab your cup of coffee or tea and please join us. And we have one of the best services I believe I've ever seen in New Thought. I think it's a right combination of meditation, silence, a lot of good stuff that we do during the service. This Sunday, we'll have an open discussion on gratitude led by their spiritual leader, Diana Mangus. So come just be with us on Sunday, or you may watch the replay on Facebook. You'll get all the Zoom information if you go on to the website on summitcsl.org. You'll get all kinds of information about that. I'm currently open for individual practitioner sessions and also Sunday speaking. I can speak anywhere from here <laughs> worldwide. And also, I'm, I do wonderful ceremonies. Love doing weddings. So email me at pastormichaelmangus at gmail.com for more information. We have so much stuff that we're doing here at the New Thought Media Network that it would take me another half an hour to tell you all of the cool stuff that we're doing. But I do want to highlight this. We'd like to congratulate Camille Conti and her show on New Thought Radio. It airs tonight at 8 p.m. Tonight is her 40th anniversary show, celebrating 40 years in radio broadcasting. Congratulations, Camille. How wonderful. Real conversations about life with a rock and roll soundtrack. So check them out this evening here on New Thought Radio. Also, Launch 2021 is continuing here. We fell a little short of our fundraising effort last week. Please support us here. We have all kinds of wonderful premiums. It's all on our website ntmedia.org. Your help is greatly appreciated because, as I said last week, you get an extra premium. The extra premium is that through your support of us here, you get to take this powerful message around the world. Isn't that wonderful? You get to share the this powerful new thought message, all the programs that we have, all the prayer times, all the meditations, all the wonderful programs, including Laura's. And we're asking for your help. So if you go to newthoughtmedianetwork.org slash donate, 
please do so. Every little bit helps. Every little bit gets us closer to our goal. Again, we are a little short. And we have a certain amount that we need to raise by December 31st. Please help us do that. All right. Our special guest this evening, I'm so glad that she's taken time out of her busy schedule to come and join us. It's 1 o'clock in the morning, her time. 135. <laughs> Laura Topper is a woman of passion and vision devoted to assisting in the growth of human consciousness through her training programs, songs, teaching, and books. She is on a mission to elevate and educate women and men to know the divine spark and to live from joy, prosperity, vitality, and love. Laura knows that with every fall, the getting up and standing up is what counts. And whilst the challenges are always part of an adventure, heart and mindset are the keys to living life and the life of our dreams. Laura's personal spiritual awakening happened while walking a labyrinth in 2012, instantly transforming her understanding of reality and life. And this has empowered Laura to teach, guide, and educate women and men to know their own greatness and to empower themselves while giving them permission to create and live their highest vision for their lives. Through on- and offline education workshops and retreats, Laura shines her light and holds space for intimate sharing, healing, and transformation. In Laura's presence, people are safe to fully express themselves and to tap into their creative consciousness to discover their highest self through the mystical journey of life. Laura Topper is a fully licensed spiritual practitioner and counselor. <laughs> she is an overly qualified labyrinth facilitator. <laughs> so if you need some labyrinth help, uh, go to Laura. And she continues her adventure of spiritual leadership and she's a ministerial student with the CSL Florida campus. Laura's vision of educating children to know their greatness is her inspiration for Oh May Sing Me. And without further ado, here she is. Hashtag top mama. Hashtag mama power. Here she is. And also the host of the uh, Cosmic Prayer here on New Thought Media Network, here she is, Laura Topper. And you're muted. There's That's a good entrance, isn't it? I'm muted. <laughs> <laughs> hold it, hold it. You wanted me to play sound effects this evening, so hold on here. Hold on. This is my first sound, sound effects. effects. Come yeah, on, Pastor okay. Michael. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is my first sound effect, okay? Cosmic Prayer here on <laughs> New Thought Media Network. Okay, but th this is the one that you liked. It's magic. <laughs> Laura Thompson, this evening. So great to be here. Thank you, Pastor Michael. I, I'm up one o'clock, half past one in the morning, because you asked me to come onto your show, and I thought, yes, have to be here. It would be so great to meet you and to be on your show. Thank you for asking and inviting me on. Well, thank you. And and again, you'll be able to go to sleep in uh, 22 minutes. <laughs> I, bought um, my fireside, I bought my fireside chat oh, candle. Oh, you brought, you brought your fire? Yeah, she has her candle. <laughs> Didn't there. bring the fireside, just the candle. <laughs> yeah, now Diego wants me to get a TV with the fire going in the background. So we're still oh, working with Reverend Robert to give us the budget for that. So this so is just until... Tell us a little bit about yourself, Laura, and how you got into New Thought. Oh, how I got into New Thought. Um, I first read You Can Heal Your Life when I was 23, which actually that's that's 23 years ago. And I had the I had the book and I think a cassette, Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life, that I used to kind of go to sleep with her amazing voice talking. And that was, um, a friend of mine gave me the book and the cassette. And that was the, that was my first introduction. I didn't know then it was called New Thought or that that was what it was. But that was my first experience of reading something really different that I felt as if I'd come home to. And I started putting those practices that she, um, 
that she talked about and Shakti Gawain and I just I just was introduced in that way and uh and loved it it just resonated with my heart her her teaching I didn't know you know I had no idea what it what it was uh, attached to I had no idea that of her attachment to science of mind at that time I just accepted it in my heart and I was on a journey then of seeking and you know, understanding my life from a different perspective from what I've been brought up with, um, with my family and my family's religion. So it was all very new and exciting. And that for me was my very first taste of there's something that I really, it really struck my heart. And it changed, it changed me. It changed the way I, I saw life. Did you grow up in a religious tradition? Jewish. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I grew up in it, you know, my family's traditional and kind of, um, yeah, semi-orthodox, uh, but I, I didn't, I, you know, I, I never understood what the rabbi was saying. So because it was all in Hebrew and that for me, it was just so boring. It was just boring sitting there listening all the time to the prayers and not understanding it and in quite a rigid way because we were brought up in a in a in an orthodox uh synagogue so for me um when I was 16 I just it's like no more I don't want to do this anymore it didn't really touch my heart and then I started understanding uh meditation I started reading about meditation and my heart just took me that way and so I, I didn't, I let go of wanting to, to practice Judaism. Yeah. Have you taken the uh, Kabbalah class yet? I haven't, no. But oh, I have, I, I need to, I need to delve in, don't I? Yeah. Oh, no, that, uh, that's what I'm taking this semester at the Holmes Institute. Are you? That is great. Yes. I'm telling it's you, amazing. I, I, I have, I have so much more respect or the Jewish religion and also Jewish mysticism. So uh, a recommendation for you. Uh, well, the amazing thing I... is, is the amazing thing is, sorry to interrupt you here, but since being in ministerial uh, school and taking um, understanding the Bible and metaphysical Bible, I've had, I've kind of rekindled my, um, my enthusiasm for the Jewish religion. So it's, yeah. It is a beautiful religion, and there are many aspects of it that are amazing, and the mystical side, definitely. So you have a wonderful show at 11 uh, a.m. on Mountain Time on Mondays here on yeah. our beautiful network. So tell us a little bit about your show, and where did the name Cosmic Prayer come from? Well, cosmic, you know, the divine mind, the mind of God. And when I'm praying, I'm praying... Um, I'm praying and knowing that that mind of God is everywhere. And there it is, the cosmic prayer, six o'clock in the UK, if you're in the UK or 11 o'clock mountain time. Um, and as a prayer, <laughs> I know how, uh, how important that is to me and how much, how important it is in my spiritual practice. And so my inspiration for the cosmic prayer is to bring on guests to talk about their own experience of prayer and how that has demonstrated in their lives. And so many amazing people, well, you know, when people come on to your, to your show and, and talk about their experiences, it's, I love that. I love hearing people's different takes on the same thing. And it is amazing what people, what people say and how prayer such a deep part of people's spiritual practice and it's wonderful to hear how they use it what it means for them and to inspire to inspire others you know with that uh that was that was my inspiration for the show yeah and it's i love wonderful. it well yes and uh you, you even even had on uh dr roger teal here last few weeks <laughs> 
How wonderful. Well, if you're wondering what you tuned into this evening, uh, this is the uh, uh, fire uh, Friday evening fireside chat here on New Thought Media Network. I am Pastor Michael Mangus, and yeah, with our it's fire, uh, <laughs> along, <laughs> along with um, uh, practitioner and ministerial student Laura Topper, who has her own show here on the New Thought Media Network, 11 a.m. Mountain Time here on Mondays. So, what have you been doing to encourage families? I know you have a specific ministry to moms out there. What have you been doing to encourage families and moms during this time of COVID-19? I think it's those principles, you know, that we know that are grounded in our hearts as practitioners and as students of truth, gratitude, staying in the knowing that, you know, that we are, you were talking about that, you know, that we are creating, we are co-creating in our minds and in our hearts and in our, in, with our intentions. So for me, the message is to stay in the knowing of health and to practice that in spiritual practice, to practice that knowing in meditation, in visualization. And we have a choice. And I love that, what, what you were saying before, you know, we, we have a choice and it's a choice of how we're responding or reacting in the moment. And it's not always easy, you know, because we are now in a time where will it ever Will it ever go back to no masks? I mean, you say into 2022, who knows? Maybe that, maybe it will last for longer. And so we're all having to learn a new way of being and to be okay with that. And it's not easy because we are programmed in one way and we're being shifted into another way of being. You know, I said it to Jason the other day, you know, I used to leave home and it was, okay, what's in my bag? Have I got my keys? Have I got my money? Have I got my lipstick? Whatever it is, you know, my notebook, whatever. Now I'm leaving home. Have I got my mask? Have I got my antibacterial? <laughs> Have I got my gloves? Have I got my, it's a whole new kit. <laughs> and it can be stressy. So I think my message is just take it, go slower. Go slower and pace yourself and not, get into that panic with all of it because there are people walking around who don't honor the the four m's and um so we have to just know that we're safe within and as long as we're doing what we can then uh then that's the best we can do isn't it michael yes i i agree again i'm not um the reason i say what i've done since uh, since march since doing this program starting the program has been because, again, I really care about, especially us here in that go to New Thought Unity um, religious science churches, because, again, that sometimes, again, there's, there is such a thing as, again, that we, we, we deny in our own mind, again, the, the whole idea of the illness, but it's not meant to say that we don't, if there's a fire in front of us, don't put it out. Okay. So again, there's, there's, there's different ways of taking a look at it. I just, my whole thought in helping people to create a new thought is that we are somehow or another going to get through this. Yes. Somehow. And again, don't ask me how I just know that somehow or another that we, again, if we have the right frame of mind here, to be blessed rather than burned that somehow or another again. And again, I've gone through, and you probably have too, have gone through different changes. I was let go from a job that I really loved. There were some things that happened in my life this year. But again, again, I can go ahead and say, well, you know, oh, poor me. Or say, well, you know what? This is getting me ready for something else greater. This is getting me ready for something else better. And who knows what normal is going to be after this? I mean, I, I have no, I have no clue of, you know, normal. The only thing normal is the setting on my clothes dryer. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only thing normal that I know of. Um, You know, so yeah. So anyhow, I I want to, and just to say that it's, you know, the more we can embrace that and accept it and allow it, then we are allowing ourselves to be in that place of surrender where we're not trying to control it. It's just we're allowing it to come through whatever this new normal is. We're in the new normal right now and we're actually co-creating it. We're very powerful and we can actually 
we can we can co-create that we're in that we've tipped over into the new paradigm so again it's coming back to that choice of where we want to be on that how wonderful no it, and again i've been talking with colleagues this week about uh, and as i said last week uh, one of the emails some of the emails that i get from the church growth experts i go ahead and i put that in quotes uh, has been we have no idea what this is going to look like. Let's let's partner together and let's find it out. We have around 10 minutes. I wanted to ask you a few more questions here, Laura. Um, so one of my biggest concerns here um, is that the messages that we've been giving our young girls about not empowering themselves and having high self-esteem. Do you have any comments around that? Well, I do. I mean, I it's linked to what you're saying as well and it's linked to the what what's happening and how we how we're how we're changing this change that is happening and for me it's about teaching ourselves first to love ourselves and love is the answer to all of this and however cliched that may sound i believe that the virus is pushing us to love ourselves in a deeper way when we do that for ourselves, our children are going to pick that up. They are going to understand it because they will see us doing that personally for ourselves. You know, the messaging that children receive is coming from so many different places. It's, it, it, it's not just coming from, you know, teachers or social media or peer pressure or what they think in their own minds they need to be to be loved and accepted. And it's, you know, it's a big thing. And we have to start somewhere by teaching ourselves how to love ourselves and role modeling that and giving children that permission. You know, little, when, I, when I've been giving Amazing Me ever to, to small children who know, they know who they are, they will say the most incredible things about how they are, they know they are love, they know they are spirit, they know it. And as they get older, that just, you know, the, the, the layers of information that they get to dampen that get thicker and stronger. And by the time, you know, they're in their late teens, that's it, the phone has taken over and they are well removed from that message. So, our job is to keep reminding them that they're good enough. They're good enough just as they are. And I would also, uh, if there's any parents, especially of uh, young girls, please get them to any one of our wonderful centers for spiritual living. We have wonderful youth programs for them. I think that, again, during that kind of challenging time, uh, it really is wonderful to have them in a very positive environment at least once a week to really to help with self-esteem again the the some of the youth materials that i have seen over the years some of the youth materials that i have used are absolutely wonderful so get your both your sons and daughters to that and also your take your grandkids too a couple more things here uh so the holidays one of the things on your website on moretopper.com uh is about uh prosperity. So the holidays are bringing on money worry. So what are you sharing with individuals to help overcome them? Well, for me, it's really not just about money. It's about knowing our divine wealth within and who we are as prosperous beings and tapping into that. You know, right now, in my experience of living, you're talking about change and my whole life changed this year. And, um, and I'm living in a, in a kind of sheltered accommodation with, with Jason, my partner. And it's been the most strange experience and also the most um, amazing experience because I'm really understanding what prosperity is. I'm really understanding it on a, on a whole other different level. We, you know, we cannot seek it out there. We have to know who we are and find it from within our hearts. We have to turn in, into the love that we are. We have to tune into that. And from that place, magic happens. So that, that's what 
that's what I think is so important. And that's what I think the virus is here and what's happening, you know, what's happened with Black Lives Matter and how our, our whole, how we're being called now to respond in a different way and to respond from love. And that is prosperity. That is prosperity. And, you know, that it isn't going to be about buying the next biggest, bigger, whatever it is, piece of materialism that's going to change things for us. We have to change it from within. One yeah. last question, Laura Topper. So, and again, one I, last question. <laughs> I went ahead and I said, uh, uh, I said, you probably have been asked this question at uh, Holmes Institute, but uh, so what is calling you to ministry? Huh? And do you have any idea on how your ministry will come forth? Did you hear me? Well, what is calling me <laughs> to ministry is, I did hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, <laughs> can you fine. hear me? We're right. We're fine. Yeah, you can. Okay. So what's calling me is my um, obsession with, with learning more of this truth and understanding it for myself. Yeah, a Facebook user, love the hearts. I'm obsessed with it and I love this teaching. And I love learning more and understanding more of who I am so that I can be a better example and a better human being here on this planet Earth. And I'm called to use that, to use that, because otherwise, what's the point? I mean, I'm not just going to sit here all day with the knowledge. <laughs> Got to do something with it. And I'm a, I'm a doer. I love doing things and I love getting involved. I, I'm creative. You know, I'm a singer and I love expressing myself in that way so it's important to learn and do I heard a, I heard a, someone say something the other day it was just really simple know what you love doing and get busy with it that's what we're here for amen you'll amen never be, to that. you'll never be happy unless you do that yeah know I've what you love that. doing and get busy with it. it it's like wow that, that's kind of our teaching in a nutshell <laughs> Laura Topper, we could probably talk into the night, but again, we could, we could have the fire light like, <laughs> early hours of the morning. Yes. Fire. <laughs> our campfire. Thank you so very, very much again. Laura Topper Thank has you, a wonderful Michael. program called the Cosmic Prayer, which uh, you're coming on to, aren't you? Oh, am year. I? Oh, yeah. Uh, the prince is in the house. Prince, prince, hey, please. prince. yeah. Nice. Welcome to the fireside chat. Well, listen, again, Laura Topper, thank you very much. I'm getting the wrap-up sign from that bossy guy by the name of Diego. <laughs> you 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 work with him, too. So Yeah, I do. <laughs> Laura Topper, namaste. Thank oh. you so very much. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. And to you. Thank you for Merry having Christmas. me here. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have you. a great evening, and thanks for being on the show tonight. Thank you. Okay. All right. We have a couple of minutes here. Again, uh, th oh, thank you very much, Laura Topper. That was wonderful. Make sure that you check out our show here on the New Thought Media Network. It's Mondays live at 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern, or you can see it on the replays. Also, I'd like to remind you again, uh, please join us this Sunday at Summit CSL. And we have a wonderful program for you for our Sunday service. We'll have an open discussion on gratitude, on a great attitude, led by uh, spiritual leader Diana Mangus. Come be with us this Sunday or watch the replay on Facebook. All right. Uh, lots of programming uh, info on our website. So much so, <laughs> I can't even tell you all, all of it. So just go on ntmedia.org. has all of our programming uh, information. We have new programs. We have all kinds of stuff. And please support us through your donations. Our launch 2021 continues. Again, we're a little short here. We need to raise the $5,000 before the end of the year. We need to do that. And I believe that, again, like Laura says, you know, there, there's more than enough. And I really believe that, again, that through your generosity and through knowing that spirit is a source of our supply, that we will meet that and even exceed that. So, again, uh, you'll have the information below there somewhere uh, about how to donate to uh, Diego will have it up here in just a moment. Well, that's New Thought Media. Just Yeah, there you go. Go to the donate button at uh, newthoughtmedianetwork.org and please donate. 
All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving. We will see you again next week for another thrill. Thanks for joining us this evening for Friday's Fireside Chat with Pastor Michael Mangus. Join us again next week at 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain for more spiritual conversations for today. For more information and replays of past shows, please visit